This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Blank Podcast, the podcast where we delve into those frustrating moments with some well-known people. I'm Jim Daly, and wearing shorts, it's Giles Bailey Phillips. How are you? Very well, thank you. Yeah, I'm wearing shorts. You are as well, I think. Well, I'm the sort of person that when the sun comes out, I start wearing shorts, even if it's not like a very hot day. Mm. And I get looks from people being like, what is he doing? But then I have to give off the impression of like, no, I meant to wear shorts, and I'm sticking with my initial decision. Well... It's good that you're being bold about it. Thanks. Thanks yes. very much. <laughs> very, uh, um, don't know. <laughs> Come blank already. Straight at the top of the podcast. <sighs> very ambitious, I was going to say. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Because cool. it's not that sunny out. No, it's not. Um, oh, I may have made the wrong decision. Yeah. Um, how are you? I'm okay. Yeah? Yeah. What have you been up to recently? I've been doing a bit of writing, actually. So it's been uh, good. Excellent. Doing Being creative. Uh, working on a couple of n- well, working on a novel. Yeah, that's uh, good. Oh, so, brilliant! Yeah, so I'm really into that. Fantastic. So that's been good. Yeah. Other than that, s- scratching around for money. You know yep. what it's like. I know exactly what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, with that in mind, yeah, um, we have set up <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice, nice link there. We have set up a Patreon page for we have. blank. Yep. Um, obviously, this is a bit of a labour of love doing this podcast, but you know, we do have. Uh, expenses that we have to pay for like travel and uh, equipment and rooms to use and all that kind of stuff so and tea we have to buy tea mm-hmm. that's that's coffee. probably where the biggest expense yeah. goes so um, so yeah so we've set up a Patreon page and we just to make this bit more of a community feel because there's so many people that have sent us so many lovely messages about the, the podcast they're enjoying it and so mm. it'd be nice if we could you know maybe have some uh, some support for yeah. what we're doing and means that we can keep doing it so yeah so we've set up a Patreon page it's um, I think it's patreon.com backslash 
blank, blank podcast. podcast. And there's rewards and stuff on there, isn't Loads there? Loads of rewards. You get an, an ad-free version of the pod. And you can have it a bit earlier than everybody else. And um, we're, we're doing lots of other little promotions as we go as well. Yeah. So, and inviting um, people for their interaction and uh, maybe yeah, questions and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and, and, and if you've got a small business perhaps you'd like to get involved, you can give us a little sponsorship and uh, we will mention you on the pod and give you a little... Uh, Put your logo on our website so you can get a little mention on our social media. So there's all those little incentives for you. So, yeah, you get that little bit more special version. Yeah, so they support us and then we support them back. And it's all kind of... It's a two-way street. But, yeah, it'd be lovely to have you involved in helping us out and, yeah, keep us doing this really great pod that we love doing. Speaking of support, this week's episode, we're recording at um, almost our second home, which is Nordic Bar in central London. This Newman Street. Are we on Newman Street. We're Newman Street. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we want to thank them for hosting us. Oh, they've been hosting us quite often. Us every week. Well, not every week, but most weeks we come down, and uh, yeah, it's a lovely little venue to come yeah. down. To. So definitely check it out because there's a lot of events going on here at Nordic Bar. Um, and our guest this week is Edith Bowman. Yes, the brilliant Edith Bowman, who has a fantastic podcast of her own, Soundtracking, which uh, delves into sort of talking to uh, composers and directors about the, the song choices and soundtracks that they put in their movies and mm. also gets to talk to lots of big movie stars as well. And it's a fantastic show. And it was just a real treat to sit down with Edith and talk to her about her career. Yeah, very successful broadcaster. The po- her podcast such a good idea as well. And we talk a lot about podcasts on this episode yeah. and how they're sort of opening up the uh, the genre for broadcasting and actually yeah, allowing people to do yeah. really niche ideas and uh, you know really connecting with people and just her career in general which has yeah. obviously been varied and successful and and guess what she's also really nice yeah <laughs> Edith, a lot of our guests Edith's are a lovely lovely person and lovely to chat to for an hour and um, yeah thank you so much Edith for coming down and I hope everybody enjoys the episode. <laughs> line of conversation where that's going to head so that it feels like it's a natural thing rather than just sort of throwing stuff up that was that's the hard thing though because i never really plan the chats no you know i'll kind of go in and like obviously i've watched the films or i've got areas i want to talk about and certain composers or or bits of music or whatever but sometimes i get to cover it all sometimes i don't so it's quite you feel i feel like it's kind of it's kind of quite. It's not exactly my favourite way of doing things. Going, oh, you got to, you got to make sure you play that bit and do that bit. Yeah. Sort of thing, so we're the same. We sort of have girls get these questions, but really, it's wherever it goes. Is wherever yeah, it goes, yeah. they're just they're just there for a backup, really. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, oh, I just want to have a chat. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's, that's chat, chat with <laughs> yeah, cavity. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Take my phones off, thought. actually, as well. Oh yeah, I'm a bit. I had this weird thing last week where I was interviewing, um, doing Dexter Fletcher. And, Giles Martin and I can't remember what we were talking about but my phone I've got one of those stupid Apple phones and um, it was like I'm sorry I didn't recognise the request <laughs> it's like oh, how did that happen did you watch Keep Believing then? it just kind of came out with this like voice going oh. I'm sorry I didn't understand the request it was like oh my god sorry guys it's like it was so weird that does make so, me slightly worried, <coughs> worried about the sort of robot uprising yeah well, I watched. It's um, getting very interactive now. Yeah, totally. I watched uh, the first book. 
the, one of the new Black Mirror stuff. Oh, is it good? Yeah, it was the Miley Cyrus one. I'm desperate oh. to watch it. I haven't it watched them really all. Good. I feel like I need to go back and watch them yes, all same. back. I've seen them now yeah. and then. Yeah. Yeah. I've gone back and watched a lot of them. I haven't watched all the last series. How many yeah. series is there now? Is this, this, is not f- this is sort of six and a half, isn't okay. it? Okay. Because right? they've only done th- three episodes and they did that feature one with okay. the interactive. Did you do that one? No, but Band I... Bandersnatch. Bandersnatch, yeah. Yeah. No, but I, the one that I really loved was the one that Clint did the music for, which was about the uh, the 80s and then mm. about the... Uh, San Gennapino. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, yeah, that, that was, was amazing, that was wasn't it? Yeah, oh, so good. That was good. That was brilliant. I loved that. You're really watching, emotional. You're watching Years and Years? I've got it on uh, to, uh, to binge. Oh, yeah, I it, yeah. oh, my God. Is it good? It's terrifying. I watched... In a um, good way. Tell you what I did, I binge watched three episodes last night was um, Shane Meadows' new series on oh, Channel yeah. 4. Oh, I'm, I'm a bit trepidatious about because I love Shane Meadows stuff, yeah. but it always... You have to be in a certain frame of mind. Yeah, totally. It feels like it's a it's it's a proper, like, you know, like that thing where you go and stay somewhere and there's a, it's a different kettle than you're used to, <laughs> yeah. and the kettle takes a wee bit longer to boil than usual. It feels like it's one of those and it's just bubbling and it's bubbling and it's bubbling and it's just about to kind of... Yeah. Yeah, Stuff but he's it's so good at doing that. Yeah, stuff. Stephen Graham's incredible oh, in it. Yeah, oh my god! Yeah, I love TV like that. That because I watch a lot of like mindless comic comedy stuff. Like, like I just like um, Good Place stuff like that. It's not mindless, but you know what I mean. Just yeah, like yeah, easy yeah. Watching. Silicon Valley. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But when you've got TV like that, that can actually kind of like years and years does that for me. Like, I, yeah. I turn it off and I can feel my heart going. Mm. Yeah, I feel like anxious. That's that's amazing. Yeah. I think it's important we have we have mm. creations like that. Telly like that as well. You yeah, know? totally. I mean, te- it's becoming more like that. Isn't totally. It? Yeah, the small screen is definitely becoming like, the bigger. The yeah. Bigger Did you watch Mindhunter? That David, yes. that Fincher the series. Fincher one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was that amazing because yeah. he had he was the kind of he was the, you know he was oversaw the whole thing. He's the, I think they call it showrunner. Yeah. But he had different directors come in. So Steve Capaldi. Like totally, you wouldn't be able to tell. It's his cinema software. Yeah. It's his palette. But apparently he created, I mean, he's a proper geek, and he created an app specifically for all the creatives working on it. So that it was a way of them sharing information wow, wow. whilst it was all being shot and edited and post and pre and all that. It's not like the cabinet. That's amazing. A couple of emails. <laughs> yeah. A couple of emails. And no, no, I'm just going to create a whole app. Yeah. We're going to do Brexit via WhatsApp. Wow. Yeah, oh, if only. That's next yeah. level. Let's not update it. No, yeah. yeah, totally. He's an incredible filmmaker, David Fincher. Yeah, he's one of my favourites. I have to say, he's he's just a he's a geek. That's what yeah. I love about him is he loves what he does, mm. and you can you can just you know be it creating an app yeah. for a production he's on or that was oh, a yeah. brilliant series. Yeah, it's good. I'm, I hope they bring that back soon. Yeah, it's supposed to be, um, I think, weirdly, Charlize Theron's one of the exec producers oh, on it. Okay. And she was doing interviews recently for her film um, that she did with Seth Rogen, and she let slip that it's coming in August. And everybody was like, oh, oh <laughs> she's let us know when it's coming, because no one had said anything up to that point. So it's like, yeah. We should do a film podcast. I love <laughs> That's films. what it's turning into. That's mm-hmm. great. I'd, I'd love that. <laughs> um, actually, Edith, you, just something you said there about loving what you do. Yeah. I think that's a really pertinent thing because yeah. there's three of us around the table here who are lucky yeah. enough to oh. get careers in in what we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. About, just about. Yeah, um, but that's, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, making it, manifesting it. Yeah. Um, that's pretty special, isn't it? Yeah, it's amazing. And it's been a, it's, I kind of feel, I've always kind of loved what I do and along the way there are things that I've tested, tested it. Yeah. And that's a good thing, I think, because it reminds you 
uh, about why you love it. It also encourages you to say no to things, which I find is a really difficult thing. Because yeah. you kind of like, well, if I say no to that, then maybe they won't come and ask me about that and that kind of thing. You mm. know, being freelance, it's a, oh, it's yeah. a tricky world to navigate. Um, but yeah, and I do feel like, feel very lucky that I am in a position now where I can kind of facilitate a lot of my own stuff and generate that and make it, try and make it happen anyway. But at least I know I've tried. Is it easier <laughs> yeah. to say no now? Mm, I would say yes. Caroline and Emma in my office would probably say no. Because <laughs> even things like, um, so uh, I just got asked to do a premiere and I'm, on, and I'm doing, it's the weekend that transmits on up in Scotland, the festival, okay, yeah, and I'm yeah. doing that for the Beeb. And so um, the, the guy from the film company, I mean, they never normally email you direct, but he was like, please, can you not make it work? I'm like, unless you can helicopter me down from Scotland to be in Leicester Square, I'm really sorry, I can't. You know, I would if I could. That'd be a very rock star um, way of doing it. Though. I mean, can you imagine like, <laughs> yeah, so Just it's kind of, yeah, there's so no way that's going to happen. So yeah, until we can kind of get to the point where Black Mirror is a reality and I can teleport yeah, yeah. myself I don't here, think we're far away. Which is away. a hologram. Then... <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're not far yeah. off, I don't think. I would love actually for someone to test run that. That would be brilliant. Just, well, just can they just Skype you in? That would be hilarious. But yeah, so I am, um, I, um, I, even <laughs> when I, I know physically I can't do it, I yeah. still can't quite say no to things. I think that's a freelance mentality, though. Yeah, you and, get, and it paranoid. is still loving what I do, because if I didn't, mm. I wouldn't be kind of going to the, those efforts to try and make it happen. Yeah. But yeah, we're lucky, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah no, we are. Yeah, we are. We're lucky to be here doing <laughs> yeah. this podcast. Well, we feel very lucky yeah, about doing that. We're very lucky, and we get to meet lovely people like you. But, yeah. it's, but yours has come from a passion as well, you know, and, yeah. and, and friendship, and that's kind of... Well, that's formed along the way. <laughs> Been tested along the way too. In many ways, I thought, Charles. I thought you were the podcasts were inside us. All this—that well, sounds weird. That came out wrong. Yeah, that does sound weird. But it's brilliant, though, isn't it? That we can that that now we're at a stage where there's something that you want to get out there, exactly, and you can do it. Yeah, very relatively cheaply, and yeah. you know, oh yeah, easily. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you learn new skills along the way. It's Absolutely. like constantly. I mean, I never did any. I've never done any broadcasting. Before. Um, so this, and I wouldn't say that I'm particularly great at it, but... I love that you're yeah, calling maybe. this broadcasting, that's so generous. <laughs> <laughs> it's a kind of broadcasting. But uh, I think broadcasting's yeah. about communication, that's yeah. what it's about. It's not about being like... It's really funny, I've got to go to Sheffield Dockfest on Sunday to interview, um, do a Q&A with uh, Werner Herzog, which I'm absolutely terrified wow. about. Because yeah, nice. I just, before I'd even dived into stuff, I was utterly intimidated by him. Um, as a filmmaker because he's so out there and he's almost kind of created his own genre of yeah, filmmaking totally. yeah, yeah. both in his features and his docs and, and stuff and works so, so prolific yeah he's prolific and it's so diverse yeah so I kind of started diving into it and actually he's so nice <laughs> and just kind of loves what he does and that's kind of like oh wicked I'm, I'm kind of less nervous about it because from kind of allowing myself to dive into his world and see why he does what he does it's comes purely from the joy of he what he gets out of it yeah. and, and almost like testing himself every time he goes on a project yeah have you watched his version of bad lieutenant yeah with nicholas cage it's yeah quite out there yeah we, he was talking he was talking about that on a podcast actually specifically about nicholas cage as an actor and about yeah other conversations that he had but also kind of how he feels that nicholas cage as an actor it's kind of a bit wasted 
Yeah. In terms of the roles that he's given and how he's he's kind of not really taken that seriously, I don't no. think, as an actor. It's yeah. weird, isn't it? He's won an Academy Award. Yeah. Which doesn't... Not you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. But, yeah. But, I mean, he is a great actor. I mm. mean, he does get sort of sidelined. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because he's a bit kind of, I guess, in his personal life, he's a bit more... Yeah, it's, it's weird how that comes... Yeah. comes into it isn't it but then would you rather be an actor who gets a bit kind of pigeonholed maybe is that kind of craziness yeah but worked rather than someone that was more serious but didn't work I'd take the craziness all day long would you I'm trying to think of uh, examples of both of them so yeah. you've got Nicholas Cage who's the alternative then can you no, think of anyone you the I, I don't know me someone really <laughs> serious who doesn't get work then basically yeah is that even a person? I don't know. No, no, there's got to be people out there, totally. I, yeah, I, I, I guess I guess the Nicolas Cage I'd rather be of yeah. kind of, yeah, being a bit mental or being perceived <laughs> as being a bit mental. Yeah, maybe not even that, yeah, not exactly. even the way you well, are. Yeah, exactly. Well, this is just what I said about Werner Herzog, you know, yeah. until I actually yeah, perception of him spent being, yeah, time yeah. with hearing him speak yeah. And, yeah. and diving into actually what he's about. It's like, yeah. But that's a skill with interviewing, isn't it? I think that you pick that up and I'm sure you have along the way that it's about making connections. When you connect with people, you get... And we found that from doing this podcast. Yeah. And we're lucky to sit down with people for an hour and you make connections and you get good chat from it. Yeah. But there must be been times in the past where you've been nervous about interviewing someone totally. or, or overall... Ford. Absolutely. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, as a massive, like, you know, one of the first films I ever saw at the cinema was Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom. And then, he, you know, it's that and Star Wars. I mean, that's my world yeah, yeah. as a kid. You know, it's like... So getting the chance to interview him, I was absolutely terrified. And he's got this kind of... Um, Reputation of just being grumpy, you know, mm. and he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, kind of like it's that thing of like if you just do your, if you just delve into their world and do your research, st- it's like kind of like, you know, those sticky willy plants that you get. Yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah. of like those facts, like a bit like that, kind of stick in your brain randomly about things. And with him, it was the fact that he was a, uh, uh, he trained as a carpenter, oh. and so we were sat there, and I can't remember the film that it was that I was interviewing him about. And they could just see that he was like dead behind the eyes <laughs> and just could not care. And he was just like, you know, grunting. And then I was like, okay, I've got to shift this around a bit. Otherwise, this is just ruining my childhood. So I was like, would you mind if we talked about the fact that you trained as a carpenter and what that gave you and what you got out of that? And he was like, little eyes lit up. Yeah. And he was like, no one ever asked me about that. Yeah, and that's how him and Lucas met George Lucas met because he was a like an apprentice really? on set oh, for wow. one of his films, and that's amazing yeah. to that kind of is think. Crazy. That, yeah, so that well, was like and then okay. he did American Graffiti, something like yeah. that. Yeah, and then um, and so I uh, yeah, and then I was like, okay, wicked, I've got him now. Yeah, okay, you know, I'm, I'm actually interested in using. I think that's kind of what it showed him that yeah. I wasn't I wasn't after a headline, I wasn't after a soundbite. I just wanted to I wanted to have it a chat. Wasn't, it wasn't just a general press yeah. junket. But it's hard sometimes, and that was when it was those... I mean, I'm really lucky now with the podcast that when I go in and and do people in a junket environment, I kind of... The minimum I can do is like 20, 25 minutes. Ideally, I need between 30, 40 minutes to make it work properly. But with those, it was like six minutes. And the idea of trying to strike up a conversation and make any kind of connection in six minutes is like... It's like speed dating. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. and he's done... He's already had like dates before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We've all asked him the same question. Yeah. 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 I remember once I was interviewing some footballers. Um, and Who's your favourite? My favourite footballer? To interview. Uh, well. You like Trevor Sinclair, Trevor Sinclair trolls me on Twitter now, so he's. he's oh, he trolls you? Yeah, in a nice what way. A dick. 
<laughs> he's lovely to be fair Stephen Warnock's very nice as well I've watched a lot of his Instagram stories um, Matt Janssen's the nicest but no one will have heard of him he's okay. a former Blackburn Palace striker he was my well, idol growing up Palace, were you a Palace fan? Yeah, yeah both Palace fans yeah, yeah. Yeah. do we go every year to the Man United Palace game? do you? yeah because my friend Mark um, is um, he's got like he's I don't know he's, he's been a, a, a supporter since he was a kid and stuff and he goes to those kind of weird rooms where you have dinner beforehand and stuff. Oh, like the boardroom? Oh, yeah. a corporate sort of thing. Yeah, corporate yeah. thing. So we all, and his kids are like, one game we went to, one of his kids was a mascot and stuff. So anyway, oh, my nice. dad comes down and me and my dad go every year oh, to sweet. the Palace United game. And, and we um, never win. And <laughs> we never win. Yeah, the last true. two has been really brutal. Like yeah. Mark's youngest kid was in tears, oh, bless no. him. Yeah, we never beat United. But what an atmosphere I've got to say. It's one of my favourite oh, yeah, grounds great, to yeah. go. Such a great, great bunch of supporters. Yeah. It is good. Win or Proper lose. old ground. Yeah, win or lose, yeah. <laughs> Which is mostly... Is yeah, we never beat them. Anyway, so I was interviewing these footballers and um, it was uh, Mikel Antonio and Czech Chiarte from West Ham. And I thought it'd be good just to check their names beforehand. So I was like, trying to say like, so it's, it's Mikel, right? And it's Czech. Just so I get it right on yeah. camera. But of course, what it meant was they probably thought, or I, th- I could see in their eyes, they thought, this guy has no idea who we are. And I'm a big football fan. Yeah. And so it just meant as soon as the interview started, it was sort of hands folded. Oh, it was man. really hard. And I was trying to get funny stuff out of them as well, yeah. which is for the website I was working for. So I learned a lot from that moment. Yeah. So actually, if you bowl in and you show you've done your research and you make yeah. a connection and yeah. you're friendly and positive, that makes a, makes a big difference. Yeah. But I had to learn that the hard way. Yeah. You should watch the, um, you might have seen it yet, the Diego uh, documentary that Asif Kapadi has done. Oh, no. Diego Maradona. Oh, my God, it's amazing. So he did Senna and he did oh, I Amy. Love that. Oh, yeah. Both brilliant. And, uh, oh, my God, it's so good. It's like, it's kind of pretty much most of like his Naples time, Napoli, whatever. And um, oh, it's, it's amazing. It's so good. But it was really interesting hearing him talk about to make the film, he needed to not just speak to Diego, but he also needed to speak to his wife, who they're now like, not on speaking terms or suing each other <laughs> oh, right. and stuff. So he had to try and persuade her that this film needed to be made, but to be made, it needed to include her and her story and stuff. And, you know, he's, it was really interesting to hear him how he kind of got to that point where she felt trustworthy mm. and comfortable with him to allow herself to to open up about someone who's really hurt her and betrayed yeah. her and her children and stuff. And actually and a, a point in time probably when things were maybe a bit better. Yeah, well. totally. Yeah, well, she, I mean, yeah. they were together when, from when they were 14. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So you know, very difficult yeah, to really, like, go back and think, oh, actually, we, we did kind of love each other. Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> but he got her nice. there because in yeah. the film, she's talking about, you know, when they first fell in love and, mm. and this journey they had, you know, through Barcelona to Naples and stuff. And, wow, she, and you would though. never know, listening to it, that... It was a sad state of affairs now. Yeah. It's yeah. such a clever thing to be able to do. That's a skill though as well. A lot of, produ- you know, the good producers are good at that. Yeah. And getting people ready to yeah. talk and stuff. Yeah. Especially about things they might not want to talk about. Yeah. But it's a fun film you should, ch- you should watch if you're a football fan as well. You yeah. don't have to be a football fan to watch it because it's a really interesting well, story. Like yeah. You don't have to be yeah. a yeah, 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 yeah. one to find yeah. that an amazing, yeah. powerful film. Yeah. But yeah, it's really good. I will. Yeah. I'm actually going to make a note on my phone <laughs> in a minute <laughs> yeah. about that actually. <laughs> I will forget. So you grew up in Fife? I did, a little fishing village, yeah. Anstruther. Yeah. How, was, how was childhood? Um, I, had a, I had a really lovely childhood. I grew up in a big family. My mum's one of seven girls. Oh, okay. All beginning with E. Really? Yeah. Really? Um, I'll take you from the youngest to the <laughs> oldest. Uh, Enid, Elaine, Evelyn, Eleanor, uh, Edna, Elizabeth and Elsie. 
That wow. must be. That's probably all the names. Isn't Apart it? from Edith. Oh, and of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. And my grand, but weirdly, I got named after my dad's mum. Um, anyway, so they, um, my granddad was. Uh, he was a bit of a. Uh, I don't want to say Dell boy because he wasn't a Dell boy, but he kind of tried lots of different things. He was a carpenter by trade, but he had a grocery shop, and then he had a laundrette, and he had a little cafe. An and entre- he, entrepreneur. Yeah, I guess yeah. And so he bought this little minister's manse and turned it into a six-bedroom B and B. And then over the years, it kind of grew into this 50-bedroom hotel. Wow. And so my mum and four of her sisters and their husbands ran the hotel. And so we were just brought up in this environment, you know. You'd be... Because I, my dad bought a hotel yeah. when I was about 11. Yeah. And we lived there and we lived in the hotel. Okay. It was kind of surreal. And you, I remember when we moved in, it was like, it was almost like going to choose a room. To yeah. Like in your room. <laughs> yeah. I had room number nine. Because <laughs> it, like, it had a sink. Yeah. So it was great. Yeah. Good choice. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and it was just yeah. like, it was weird. It was weird, but it was quite a fun time. Yeah. I mean, we didn't, we didn't live in the hotel, mm. but, but it was, you know, you were there yeah. pretty much all day, every day. But my mum and dad, you know, it's a tough life because yeah. it's, you have to work. 24-7. Yeah, totally. And so my granddad, my dad's dad, um, Granda Bowman, brought me up pretty much for a lot of the time. So I would spend the next village along from Angela's called Pittenween. And uh, he lived there with his uh, with his sister. And I spent every weekend there, like from the age of not up until probably about 11, where I was like, mum, can I come and work in the hotel sort of thing? Yeah, you know, yeah, I was yeah. like, I wanted to kind of, was ready to, you know, kind of learn stuff and meet people and do all that kind what of thing. What did you do? What was the first job in the hotel then? Well, I kind of was on my mum's... My mum would flip between the kitchen and being out front of house because okay. she's such a great people person. Uh, and so you'd find that there was... there was At one point, there could be four sisters in that kitchen, which could be an interesting dynamic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so she'd go, OK, I'm just going to go out front for the next few months. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was just following my mum around, to be honest, for a bit. My dad had helped my dad out stocking the bar up on Saturday mornings and things like that, whilst grandstand was on in the corner or that kind of thing. <laughs> and there was always stuff going on at different times of the year. You know, the in the summer, the open, if it was on in St Andrews, the hotel would be full of, like, journalists and BBC staff who'd stay and all that oh, kind yeah. of thing. Um, we'd have street parties for things like the royal wedding and um, and then Christmas was great Christmas would be quite quiet but Christmas day like we never had a normal family Christmas up until my mum and dad retired which was maybe 10 years ago oh okay no 12 years ago maybe a little bit longer 12, 15 years ago so up until that point Christmas for me even when I was doing telly and radio and stuff was I'd go home and I'd waitress on Christmas day Wow. So, because we'd have like 300 people come for Christmas lunch, and I loved it. I loved going back and getting my penny on. And, <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, we'd kind of, you know, it, life was slightly different to kind of, I guess, you know, traditional moments or times of the year. But there was always loads going on. It was great. Do you like that kind of busy environment? Yeah, I do. I like it's people, I think. Yeah. Mm. It's kind of, you know, and my brother's really, my brother's almost like a mini version of, my mum in respects of that side of it because he had a couple of pubs up until a couple of years ago and uh, he he could find a common ground of interest with someone who was 18 and everyone in between up to an 80 year old mm-hmm. you know he'd have this little pub in Ely and people would come and chat and he's just he was brilliant he was so he is so kind of you know can find something to make someone feel at home and comfortable and relaxed and want to stay and have another drink kind of thing. It's <laughs> <laughs> good for him, really. Good for business, yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So, yeah, but then I, I knew I knew really early on that I was I needed to get out. Yeah. I felt kind of... 
I think even from that point of like being at my granddad's and being kind of within this small environment at the age of 11, kind of going, oh no, I need to be over there now. You know, so I had these almost like these stepping stones to kind of points going, no, I need, I'm, I'm not going to be here. I need to kind of go. So. And what was it that you were? I don't know what I was searching for. Mm. I think it was, it's weird because my mum was a really amazing um, actress, really. She used to be in local amateur dramatics and stuff. And I think that if she hadn't had that kind of family responsibility, not to me, because she had me quite young at 19, but to the whole family, you know, the hotel and Mm. stuff, she probably would have pursued that, I think. Because one of my earliest memories is watching her play Nancy and Oliver. And my dad having to come for me going, Bill Sykes hasn't killed your mum, it's just (laughs) pretend. That's a tough one. But um, so she had this kind of sort of brilliant personality. And my dad as well, I mean, he's hilarious. He's like a proper Scottish dad. He's awesome. He's hilarious. But um, I don't know, I had this bit of my mum in me, I think, in terms of of seeing what was out there. Mm. And we did quite a lot of travelling as, as when we were kids and stuff because, you know, mum and dad just wanted to get away from it for those mm. two times of the year where we had holidays. Yeah, So that they could switch yeah, off and yeah. they could leave it there for a couple of weeks. Um, where was the... Where, what, did you go to different places or was there one we particular went, destination you We went to... to um, we'd go skiing, like, every oh, okay. year. So we went to, like, Austria and Switzerland mainly. And then... Um, and then at summertime we would go to, we went to America a couple of times, but then we found Portugal and that became our kind of like, mm. just loved it out there, loved the people and the food and the kind of almost the sort of, at that point it was really untouristy. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of really, so we, when we still go, we're all going on mass in, in July, like my brother and his kids and us oh, of course and you and have those big family holidays. Yeah. It's really nice. We did it for my dad's 70th a couple of years ago. We went to this place called Creef Hydro, which is a place that we went as kids. Um, And and we went back there for my dad's 70th, and it was brilliant. And then he's been desperate to do it again since then, so we've managed to find a week, because my my brother works offshore now. Oh, okay. So it's quite hard to time it, where the kids are on holiday, he's home, I'm not working, my husband's not on tour. It was so hard, but we've got like a week in July so yeah oh, yeah it'll be awesome yeah really special proper memories for the kids and yeah. for us and my yeah, dad yeah. oh that is that, I totally agree with that yeah That's, family is so, is so important yeah but it sounds like you were probably always going to go into something that was people facing and interactive I think that involved chatting <laughs> yeah my kids now kind of go but I said to them a couple of weeks ago I was like someone asked you what your mum did for 11 what would you say and they're like she talks <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I kind of like that yeah, I guess so. I mean, even when I when I left school, I remember that day I passed my driving test. It was like freedom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can kind of go where I want now. Did you pass and, first time? Yeah, and I my uh, my driving instructor Bob Hanlon will probably back me up by saying, uh, on I remember going for my first lesson on the day of my seventeenth birthday, and he was waiting outside the school for me. Mm. I'd booked it like at like you know I can't remember what time we finished school, but like a minute after that, and we went off. And I think I came back that day and applied for my test I didn't tell anyone wow and then it obviously came through and I was like Bob I've got my test and he went really I was like <laughs> so then I, I was like I was, yeah I was like determined and then I went up to create uh, to Cooper to sit the test and passed it and then on the way back in the car um he was like Ed if I'm going to be completely honest with you I had three people sitting tests this week and out of the three you were the one that would have said weren't quite ready to sit it and you're the only one that passed <laughs> 
And I was like, yes! yes. You must be an amazing driver. That's, cra- that's crazy. I don't know. Maybe I've got a lucky day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe I talked my way out. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. But then, yeah, when I went to... I didn't know what I wanted to do. I, I really didn't know where to go and what I was going to do. And I kind of... Um, I failed all my hires in fifth year because I just... You know, it was boring living in Anstruther, so I was kind of mm. doing a lot of underage drinking and all that kind of thing, finding things to pass the time and pass the boredom, I think, as well. Yeah. Um, and then I knuckled down in six year and, and got um, four hires. And by that point, I'd kind of left it late. Actually, no, I'd applied to do PE college to be a PE oh, teacher. Okay. So it's quite in my sport. Yeah. Yeah. I think you would sport, Yeah, you? I played hockey and I played football for the school five-a-side team and stuff skiing and all that kind of stuff so I was like yeah I'll do that so I applied got accepted and the acceptance letter was the thing going this is not what you want to do so I was like no it's not (laughs) so then I kind of rejected that and I'd let then it was too late to get something to do then Mm. to get a place anywhere so I went to my local college and did did like a diploma in communication studies and then that was really good because it was lots of different things it was radio production tv production PR, marketing. So you got a taste for lots of different stuff. Scottish law, loads of different Mm. stuff. And then I did two years of that and then that allowed me to jump onto the second year of the degree in Edinburgh in the same thing, communication studies. So I went and did that. But then even then when I was at Edinburgh, I I got work experience at local radio station uh, and so I would just turn up for lectures and spend every other minute at the radio station or working in the pub to pay the bills. So was that the, was that sort of the time when you thought, oh, this is something yeah. I want to do? Because didn't, didn't you do music for a, for a bit? I was in bands and stuff at school. Like I, I really like I like singing, yeah. like karaoke. I had a <laughs> mum's night karaoke out the other night. One of our friends, Tara, was moving back to the states, and uh, one of the other mums' husbands got a pub, and so she had hired the room upstairs, and we were all doing karaoke. It was wicked. I love karaoke. I so love much. it. Well, funny enough, I was walking on the road there, and I saw Nicky Campbell. Oh no, he did this TV yeah, show that yeah, I did when I was said, 14. He said, yeah, he said, oh, he said, say hello. No, to he Edith. didn't remember. He did, he did. No way. Yeah, yeah, he said, say to Edith, she no. was in that contest, it's I was terrible. a judge. I'd sang and Venus said, by Bananarama. Yeah. <laughs> I was 14, I looked about 40 or 13, yeah. I looked about 40, I had such a bad perm. Oh, really? Yeah, and every oh. other contestant on that episode that I was on was like stationary. So they had a girl on piano, they had a jazz trio. And they had some, like, a, an opera singer who obviously just had to stand still. And they'd hired a choreographer for the series. So this choreographer was like, or, they were, or they'd said to the choreographer, we're going to get your money's worth out of you for this episode. And they, like, had me, like, doing all this, like, really? dance. Yeah, it was horrendous. It's hard to dance and sing. Yeah, I remember when it went out in telly and my mum, bless her, had had, like, a little party in the cocktail bar at the hotel. And I just ran out of the room crying. Oh, it was horrible. I think I will. It was horrible. I hate oh. it. So that was kind of almost a moment. Who won? Uh, the girl on the piano. She was oh. a bit of a Victoria Wood type. She was amazing. Oh, okay. oh, so that okay, kind of like yeah, comedy yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of, um, you know. You had everything. I can't do it. That kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You got musical comedy, opera, jazz, and banana rama. What more can I'm you like, want? Yeah, exactly. It's like, my, it's like my iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I was always kind of, I guess that's the music thing. It was always yeah. around at the hotel, you know, whether it was the Galloway jazz band doing afternoon tea things or uh, live bands playing at weddings or the dinner dance on a Saturday night or road shows would come and play at the hotel, you know, mm. local radio stations and stuff like that. There was always music around. My dad played loads of music, so I guess that's where the kind of music yeah, became. And mum as well, you know, singing it in musicals and stuff yeah, as well. Yeah, of course. 
And I guess that's what drew you to radio to some extent as well. Yeah, it was, um, I guess it was that thing of like, well, music and then, you know, kind of talking. And I, mm. I was a real sponge. And so I would, I, I kind of like, I sent a letter. It was before email and stuff. sent a letter pretty much every week to this guy at this radio station going, please let me come in and do work experience. And so he got me in for an interview and he was horrible to me. He was like, so like, he was like Jabba the Hutt sat behind this <laughs> desk. And I remember he said to me, going, what, what's, what do you want to, you know, what do you see the future being? I was like, well, I'd really like you to give me work experience. And then long term, I'd like to have a show on the station. And then he turned around and he went, I can't put someone with an accent like yours on the radio. <gasps> and so I don't know if you've had that where you're kind of, you can feel the tears like welling up and your yeah. ducts are just yeah. about to literally like, you know, those kind of comedy tears. And I sort of ate them and inhaled them and was like, I'm not going to let you see that you've kind of got yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I just like spent every minute there and like tried to prove him wrong and I worked my arse off and just was there for whatever anyone needed me to do, file CDs, you know, kind of make coffee, all that kind of thing. And then they invited me to come and work on Tea in the Park oh, okay. yeah, as yeah, a nice. kind of researcher, runner type thing. Who was headlining? Um, it was Prodigy. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, an Oasis were on in a tiny wee tent. Whoa. I remember watching Liam and Noel play football backstage. But <laughs> wow. they gave me a... They got there, and there were some really great people that worked at the station who gave me opportunities. Um, a guy called Tom Wilson and Mark Finlay and John Collins. They were really encouraging. And I remember they gave me, one of them gave me, a, like, you know, the equivalent of this. Yeah, and a mic yeah. was a lot more cumbersome then. Yeah. And go, go and see what you can get. And so I was just kind of so you like... Had a bit of freedom. Yeah, so I was like walking about, who do I want to get? Spotted Kylie Minogue going out the toilets. <laughs> and so I waited outside. She Wait, came outside the and then literally I told her, you know, Doorstep who I me. was. Doorstep she, outside the toilet. Totally. The box. And then she, she, she let me interview her. Oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's so great. I'm really hoping I get... I'm doing Glastonbury in a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. So oh, I'm really cool. hoping that I get to chat to her then because it's a really outside lovely... The toilet. Toilet. Yeah, yeah, I think we should actually like plan that. <laughs> Reminisce. <laughs> She's never going to remember. That's yeah. great, though. I, I, the persistence there is really key as well, especially when you had someone. I hate people that in positions of power that do that. Yeah. That use it to kind of yeah. put people down. But to be so persistent, because there will be loads well, of people to be in so that position. Minded about anybody. Well, it's a power thing, really, isn't it? I think just, as well. just on you know, like your accent. Or but there'll be so many people at that age who would have said, "Oh, okay," and not done it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And you did um, it. I, and I don't know where that. I mean, I definitely have a work ethic that's instilled in me from growing up in that environment of a hotel, mm. seeing how hard my mum and dad worked um, and and working hard myself. You know, I worked every, like, you know, it was it was expected of me to work, you know, weekends. We'd have so many weddings during the summer that mm. you'd literally get home from school, get your penny on and you'd be doing the wedding. Yeah. And then Saturday nights, I mean, all my, while all my mates were out, I was kind of working and then I'd, as soon as we were finished, go and meet them or, you know, whatever. So I kind of have that thing, if you work hard, then you, you you can reap the benefits from it, you know. So we weren't well off, but mum and dad worked hard, so we go on a nice holiday yeah. to spend yeah. time as a family and explore and experience new things. So I think that was part of it. Um, and kind of, I, I guess I had a, a thing in me of knowing that this is, this is my path. Mm. I need, to, this is what I am going to do. Mm. So I'm going to prove you wrong. And I'm going to, you know, work hard to prove you wrong. Um, and there's sometimes along the way that you can't, you can't do that. You know, as much as you work hard, it's not going to 
materialise in your favour. And you've, but that's a, another learning thing that happens along the way of decisions that go against you. You can't take it personally. Yeah. It's still hard not to, mm, yeah. but you have to learn to just almost go, okay, let's move on to the next thing. Have you had any moments like that? Oh, loads. Where you've had to sort of change tact a little bit and think okay right what do I do now well not not change tact um but more just kind of go okay that's I'm not the person for it or they've got someone else in mind for it or whatever um and you've just got to you know and it, it, I've been doing this what 20 odd years now and it still happens you can't have expectations about mm. you know being given stuff like this year for example I haven't done I've done been doing festival coverage pretty much every year since I started doing um, I guess, you know, way back doing the radio sort of thing. But I haven't done Glastonbury coverage with the Beeb for quite a few years now. And it kind of kind of came up out of the blue this year. To, um, you know, it's kind of, will you come and do it? I was like, yeah, totally. Because mm. I remember, like, back when it was kind of like, oh, we're not going to use you this year. It's like, it's devastating mm. to hear. You know, what, and what, is it a case of just like that conversation where you say, you know, where they say... Sorry. Yeah, not, yeah. T- yeah, it's like, you know, my poor agent has to have that conversation yeah, yeah. and have me bawling down the other end of yeah. the phone or go, I can't talk now and put the phone down. And then, you know, 20 minutes later, I'll go, I'm really sorry. But she's like, don't be daft. I know you care yeah, about what yeah. you, yeah, you course. love what you do. And yeah, so exactly. not being able to do that is hard to take sort mm. of thing. But you have to understand that you might not be someone's cup of tea or you might not fit the kind of idea of what they want to do and stuff like that. So it's still hard and mm. you still can't, you have to almost like have a conversation with yourself going, it's not you. Yeah, yeah. You're just not the right jigsaw piece for this jigsaw. Mm. You know, it's like, it's the best way to look at it, I think. But just because you're not the jigsaw piece for that jigsaw, there's totally. loads of other jigsaws out totally. there. Totally. Well, that's how the but podcast came out. Mm. You know, it's like I was really lucky that I got kind of taken into the Six Music family by this brilliant guy called James Sterling, who's head of music at BBC. And... um. And he gave me this brilliant opportunity to work with Adam Buxton, who oh, I was like, nice. oh my God. Yeah. Like, a, yeah. And it's like, hold on, you want me to like do a show with Adam Buxton considering the Adam and Jill show is like one of the most iconic and you know well-received duos on radio ever. Uh, and Adam was brilliant. He was so encouraging. I learned so much from, I think we did like six months together. We were only ever meant to do six shows. We ended up doing six months together and then he had all this bug stuff that he's he's one of those people, he's quite like Colin Murray in that respect, where mm. it's like he has to kind of give this thing 100%. Sure, and so he yeah. knew that he wasn't going to be able to, you know, kind of fully focus on the radio show because he had all these bug tours planned. So then they asked me to do the show on my own. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so then I did that for a year and then things changed in management and then I just didn't fit into what they saw as being right. But I did this kind of one show... Uh, that was really sporadic. It would be three shows in March and three shows in August. And I was like, I can do this show every week. I can get you a guest. Um, and they were like, we just don't have the space for it. You know, this is a revolving slot. Sure, yeah, yeah. So it was kind of like, fuck it, I'm going to do it myself. Yeah. So we did. It was like, you know, it took a while to kind of work out how you actually do that. We were lucky that I'd built up those relationships with the film companies that I guess there was trust there. Mm. Um and getting one in the bag was kind of like then going, okay, we've got, I think it, John Favreau was the one, the first really? one that oh, okay. we did. So, so yeah. it was like, yeah. that's a pretty good one to yeah, get yeah, first. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good, yeah. But it was really nice because no one had actually thought to talk to him about music and it's music's a massive thing for oh, him. Oh, it's huge, isn't it? So like, if you think yeah. of Chef, that's a great film and the music and that's yeah, amazing. And so having him was then, it was like our calling car going, so we've done John Favreau, the idea is that we're going to do this every week. 
and I think we're at like episode 145 and we've only missed two weeks since wow. we launched. It's amazing. Wow. So it kind of proves to every, everybody out there that if you've got a really good idea yeah. and you think you can really kind of, you put in a bit of work to start with and build some great friendships and relationships and you can do it. You know, you just need a couple of mics and one of these yeah. weird fluffy things and you're all right, off <laughs> Don- you go. Dunking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> especially now. Yeah, I think totally. now in I mean, the would, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, when I started, you had you relied on on our radio station to be able to be given the opportunity to mm. make a show about something that you were passionate about. Yeah. But now you can, anyone could do it. Yeah. It's great. It's liberating. So liberating. But with, with, with that, maybe it's just me, comes anxiety of, oh, I could be doing all these things. That's a lot of things I could do. It becomes overwhelming. And now I'm not doing any of these things. Do you know what I mean? Like, What's stopping all, you from doing those things? Um, I don't know. I, I, my main worry is doing things badly. Yeah, same. So you know, I, I, I almost don't do things. I think, well, I, I, I want to do it amazingly. If I don't do it amazingly, it's going to be bad. So yeah. I won't risk it. Totally can it. relate to that. I shot, we shot a pilot for the podcast, like a TV version of it. Well, it's not a version of the podcast. It's kind of offshoot. And um, I shot that at the end of April. We're now in June. Uh, I've got two and a half hours worth of footage that I need to cut down to a scissor reel. I've got two people who really want to see it to potentially have it as a series. Do you think I can sit down and actually make the scissor reel? Because I'm terrified, absolutely terrified of failing, I guess. Mm. But also I'm, I'm so in it that I almost, I've been, I emailed a couple of mates this morning who work in Telegon. Do you know anyone who can just come and watch this and be like constructive about this footage and tell me what they think might be best? Because I feel like I'm too in it. Yeah. to be constructive about it yeah. but it's like every day I'm like procrastinating about it it's like you don't need to be doing that you should be doing this it's like yeah. oh god I keep looking at the hard drive for the footage <laughs> and then finding putting a book over it or something and finding something else to do why do we do I'm that? I'm the exact same thing with my presenting show reel I need to do it you do it? and I just can't there's so much good footage but I just can't I don't want to sit down in case it does, it's not as good just as I want it to it be just give it to someone else to do that might be the way Find forward. an editor, yeah. okay, who's done something like that before and just give it to them. Because they'll also know and have a different skew on what they think. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's the thing is other people's opinion of you, although it doesn't really matter, because my mate had a great line going, what, if, what anyone else thinks of you is none of your business. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Hey, yeah. It's really I good, isn't I've it? Twitter, yeah. I like it's that. It's really yeah. good. Yeah, it's my good friend good. Natalie, it's her birthday today, told me that. And, uh, she, uh, and, and I think that's really true, but I also think with work stuff, like whenever I do things like photo shoots or anything and we've got like say on photos, I can't, mm. I can't tell them what's a good picture or no, not. No, no. Because I hate watching myself. I hate, have you ever done a snoop session? No, what's <laughs> that? So a snoop session is like in radio where you sit with your producer and then your boss and you listen to a show, just the links. So no music or anything. Yeah. Just the, and you have right. to sit and critique it. Oh, it's painful. That sounds painful. Because I hate the sound of my own voice. And, oh, it's cringy. Well, even after 20 years totally. of radio? Yeah. It's horrendous. <laughs> Clearly not. So it's all, but, 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 but it's like you saying, it's like if you gave that to an editor, he yeah. would come up with a brilliant... Sometimes I think... Food. Sorry, too Charles. Close to it. You're too That's close. That's it, you're too yeah. close to it. Yeah. And if it's a passion project, you know, like obviously podcast is yeah and, you know the pilot would be a passion project then it is we, we're way too close and we we don't want to 
start well you don't want to cut cutting away bits that you think you think might yeah. be really great yeah and it's not t- potentially yeah could could hold you back it's probably the same mm. as you Jim. i just don't want to fail yeah i don't want to do things badly so i haven't done stand-up in so long because i'm worried about getting back on stage and being terrible how long since you were on stage uh i've done three or four gigs in the last two years maybe which is, in fact, I've got one tomorrow night, actually. Which is there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There Back you go. Well, I've got <laughs> yeah. quite a big one at the end of the month, so I need to actually get practice in. But I don't know. Just... You're going to do some at Latitude as well? No. You're doing Fringe this year, though, in Edinburgh. I'm Are doing you? Edinburgh Fringe for 10 days, yeah. Oh, amazing. Um, doing a, we're doing a football show, me and my mate Dave. Wicked. Yeah, a comedy football show. Should be good. Um, but I don't know. It's just when it's something you really care about and you want to do well, there's so many fears come about doing it yeah. badly, and it's just it's actually prohibitive. It stops you doing it. Yeah. When you know that then you go and do it, I go and do a gig. I'll come off and think, "Oh, that's great! I love that." Why am I not doing this every night? Because I'm stopping myself yeah. doing it. Well, and, and because if you did it every night, there would be some that wouldn't be so good. Oh yeah, but that's part of but, it. But exactly. But, yeah. But it's that that notion oh, of going in thinking actually tonight's going to be shit. Yeah. And actually, do I want it to? Be, you know, am I going to be able to take that? But actually, no. I think when you've been doing something for a while, so I've been doing stand up five years, that then you think I should be really good at this. But then, if you've come off stage feeling like that was really good, that's all you should take away from it. Yeah. That's what you should allow yourself to, you know, take away from that. I was DJing at the weekend at, in Scotland at Musselborough Races, um, and I haven't DJed in ages. And so I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to play? You know, and I'm kind of, I'm not like a DJ DJ. No. I'm kind of like, I'll try and mix things in, but it might be a wee bit of a kind of shouting and then <laughs> hit and play. Yeah. All right, everyone, all right, the next one's coming. You know that kind of thing? Yeah. Uh, I do love this it. This one's I, going out to Doris to come back. <laughs> yeah, totally. Anyone who's uh, getting married in the next... There's so yeah. many people, like so many Hindus there. But, um, and so someone said, oh, what are you going to play first? And I was like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> and I, I took loads of stuff with me. And it's like, I needed to, I needed to see the crowd, to see yeah. what age they were, how pissed they were. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, kind of yeah, like... Yeah. And then I just kind of... I, I, I went with it. I kind of, you know, sort of judged it as I was going along. There were some that were better than others, but to be fair, they were... What so, did you start with? Uh, oh, God, what did... Oh, I started with um, Calvin Harris and Rihanna, We Found oh, Love. Yeah, oh, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Because it was like... They were just... It felt like a really nice energy. Yeah, it was yeah. outdoors. It was like... So it was great. And then, yeah, it was really yeah. good. Karen Rather than sort of building up, I thought I'll kind of start quite high energy but they were yeah. so pissed to be honest they would have danced anything <laughs> exactly um, but again I was kind of like working myself up going like the night before when I went up went oh god why did I say yes to this yeah, it's going to be sure, awful yeah. It's yeah. no one's going to how do I keep like 5,000 people having a nice time after they've just had a great day at the races yeah. and then there was a couple of dips in the middle of the hour and a half set and then but I came off just going that was wicked I really, I really, yeah. I really enjoyed that and I think the crowd did mm. And so I kind of almost like parked it there rather than sort of dissecting it. But it still doesn't stop you sometimes yeah. that night before. Yeah, totally. Of being like, this could go, yeah. this could be amazing. This could also go terrible. Yeah. And I don't, I, maybe, maybe it's a freelancer yeah, or a big to me? Yeah, why? yeah, exactly. Why <laughs> yeah. me? Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's, it's almost imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Ding, yeah. Ding, ding, ding. that comes up every, every yeah. episode, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, pretty nice. Yeah. 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 Who invented the term imposter syndrome? I don't know, but it's a great term. Yeah. It is good. Yeah. I suffer for that a lot from that which is crazy when from my point of view yeah. you know because you know you've been doing this for, for so yeah, long but that doesn't mean you know that's no no I'm not saying yeah. but from, from, from out the outside I guess you know people listening will think how is that but I think because happen. I care about yeah. what I do 
and I care about the quality of it, and mm. I care about if people were going to like it, if it's good enough. Do you know what I mean? If it's, I guess, that whole thing as well. Yeah. Because I always come at things like I get kind of a bit when people describe me as a journalist or a critic. I'm like, I'm neither of those. I'm a film fan and I'm a music fan. I'm, I always try and come at it from those angles. So I'm not trying to be like all kind of, you know, you don't technical be, about stuff yeah, yeah. and and be kind of too much, yeah, yeah, totally. And it's like I and someone was someone said someone said on you know kind of troll type on Twitter was kind of like oh oh if everything's so positive, I was like well no everything isn't positive, but I don't see the point in wasting space on social media about being negative about things apart from politics and stuff like that yeah, yeah. but like if it's a film or a piece of music like, why would I it's like just shout about and spend our energies on positive stuff totally that's yeah, totally yeah agree, it's yeah. kind of what's the point yeah I never understand the, the people taking to social media just to just to lay into things you just think well yeah you know what that is yeah energy yeah totally in the wrong way isn't it yeah and even if it's like you know if, even if you're you have to go and talk about a film that's maybe not been your favorite yeah. film you can still find something about that production or the creative process that you can put a positive spin on it mm. rather than you know kind of going down the road you know why is your film so shit yeah <laughs> is that your approach thing because i think that's a really good way yeah to definitely be. Like, like, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll do interviews with people for the podcast who I know I've got a big body of work of, no, of which all of it I've maybe not been the biggest fan of or not thought that all of it is of the best quality. So there are ways of navigating your way through the good stuff, but then finding a positive skew on the stuff that might have been not as well received, mm. I think. And it's really good, I think, when people see that and they... Like I can't remember who it was recently. It was it's Will Smith? So okay. Aladdin. We were. I, was, I did quite a few things around yeah. Aladdin, and I freaking love hanging out with. I say hanging out. I interview him. Um, Guy Ritchie, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's just a wicked character. He's got a great sense of humour. Yeah. He's just. He loves what he does. Absolutely loves what he does. And so um, Will Smith started this um, press conference that we were doing by going. Uh, after the first question going listen guys I've been here for, for films that you guys haven't liked and you know when a journalist doesn't like your film where, you, where they start off by going how's Jada and the kids <laughs> yeah. but I love that someone can be really self-deprecating self yeah, yeah, yeah about yeah. that it's kind of it's a really healthy thing yeah. to do yeah. of kind of you know kind of looking at your flaws and accepting them and you know and going especially yeah, but Hollywood it's part which of, kind of has a sort of you know, a perceived pretentious, pretentious about. Yeah, about it. totally. Um, mm. But yeah, it's really healthy, I think, to to sort of celebrate your flaws and weaknesses. And yeah, we learn all have, from we them. all have them. Yeah, totally. We have, mm, loads. We're all working on them. <laughs> totally. The time, in theory. Yeah. <laughs> and finding new ones. <laughs> finding yeah. new ones. Yeah. 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 Oh, something else I'm bad at. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Add that to the list. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think positivity is nice in everything we do be it, you know broadcasting or here's a big question do you think it's possible to try and uh, encourage someone to flip their attitude from being a glass half empty person to being a glass half full person is it possible is it possible um, I think it's possible I've got to think it's hard in a positive <laughs> I've got to think that it is possible yeah um, 
And I think I think it is possible. Depends on the person, I think, doesn't it? Some people yeah. are more open to to change. I think it's easy mind. to do if you're connecting with them yeah. in real life. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily as easy to do on social media. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, yeah God, um, no. And I, so I think that it's possible, but I think you do have to have those real connections. Yeah. Have you ever had any interviews in the past where you, that connection didn't happen? Didn't happen. Oh yeah, totally. It was always. What do you know, sort of do in those moments? Um, you just you, you almost just have to get through it, really. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's it's. And you also have to take take it on. It's not again. It's not personal. You hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean, though? But it may just be that someone doesn't <laughs> like you or get you. Or and, yeah. and again, it goes back to the thing of going, it's none of your business what someone thinks of you. And someone, it's fine if someone doesn't get what you do or like what you do. You can't make or want or expect everybody to get and like and enjoy and get something out of what you do. Um, yeah, there's been a few. Ashton Kutcher was is the, weirdly the only one that I can really hmm. think of. I managed to kind of turn Julia Roberts round from it starting really negative. So I used to do this thing when I was doing Radio 1 where instead of asking them to tell, asking them to tell me what the film was about, which was like, everybody's asking you to do that. Yeah. Why don't I tell you what I think the film's about? <laughs> what so film I, was it? Oh, God. It might have been that horrendous... Um, oh. Is that how you started the interview? <laughs> yeah. So what did she... Uh, what's the one she did with Javier Bardem? Remember that oh, one? No, I don't remember I'm going to have to IMDb oh. this one. Hold on. What I'm was trying to use and I've nature's f- Google. So <laughs> nature's Google. Nature's Google. <laughs> nature's Google. This nature's is my thing. Google. I'm trying to use nature's Google. Saw so that. I'm on IMDb. Um, <laughs> Javier Bardem. Hmm. Uh, hold on. It might not have been Javier Bardem as well. <laughs> Did you one with? Hold on. That American Sweethearts it. isn't a great movie. Eat, pray, love. That's what it was. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. No, I didn't. I didn't okay. Yeah, yeah. It was either that or Valentine's Day. One of the two. But I sort of said what I thought the film was about, which is then allows you to almost give the synopsis of the film without being opinionated about whether it's good or bad. And I, I spent, I always spent a fair bit of time of trying to get a nice little two-liner thing in. Anyway, she, um, I went in and, and did this, and she was like, "You didn't write that." I was like, uh, "I did." Yeah. She said, "No, you didn't." I went, "I did," and I sort of got my book out and showed her like my workings of it, and then, and then. I can't remember what my next question was, and then she was like, oh, okay. And I think she kind of liked the, the fact that I kind of fought back. You, you yeah. were a bit defensive about yeah, it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And then, weirdly, I... I did? Yeah. <laughs> fucking did, Julia Roberts, with your big, giant, gorgeous smile. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're big leaving. mistake. <laughs> like, you know, I'm just a girl, stood here, you know, all that kind of thing. Um... <laughs> um, I do that thing as well where I get so in the you lift. Know who I am? I get in the lift at um, Claridge's. I don't know if you've ever been to Claridge's. I mean, only time I ever go to Claridge's is to do interviews. But they've got like a lift, like in Pretty Woman, and the oh, one really? where she goes, oh, okay, "Well, yeah, me yeah. happy." There's a sofa in here for two, and I do that every time I get in the lift. Um, I think that's what I might have told her next, and then she was like, "Actually, it's going to be all right." Yeah. But then I interviewed her um, last year uh, for this um, Amazon series that she did called Homecoming oh yeah yeah I didn't watch it but I saw it's really good and it was the first time she'd kind of done TV and mm. so it was her and the director and she was adorable oh, she was that? so great she was really chatty she was just really fun and open so I think even though you get someone who's been like hard work or 
you know, kind of just hasn't clicked. It's like you can't let that then yeah. influence the opportunity you get the yeah. next yeah. time. Because that could just be one. Clearly, it was could one be day. A shit day. Yeah, we long were, day. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. She might. Yeah, she might have needed the loot. It's like whatever yeah. it was. It's yeah, like, you don't know. You don't know. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, it strikes me that um, when you've been talking, you you prepare quite extensively before you do yeah I kind of dive I do and then sometimes when I haven't because I do sometimes when I haven't done as much for something else I'll go oh fuck I'm really not prepared for this yeah Um, I'm winging this one but um, like Werner Herzog for example I'm like I've got I watched a doc with him yesterday I've been listening to three podcasts this morning with him and stuff and it's all just their notes that have been taken and stuff and I do think that that's that's half the, the yeah. battle kind of thing. If you've got enough in there that you can pull on, it's like... But then it's also that thing that I never want to be that person in an interview who knows everything. Because mm. I think that you have to be in there to learn something. Yeah. And I learn something from every interview that I do. So it's, it's finding that balance mm. of knowing your stuff and having notes and facts and all that kind of thing, but also allowing yourself to not be a kind of know-it-all and so I never yeah. want to be that person yeah no no one wants no one yeah wants and but that. then it's kind of weird with a thing like the podcast where you know I'm again I'm not a, an aficionado on soundtracks and composers and and music I'm a fan yeah so yeah I know yeah. bits and bobs but I want you to tell me stuff I want you to yeah I want to learn because I'm the audience that's kind of I guess the yeah, way I go course. into yeah, it of yeah, going yeah. I'm the listener so they'll think, be feeling the same thing yeah listening to it yeah yeah exactly so I really want to yeah I want to learn stuff from the interviews that I do and the chats that I have as well so yeah we've Find learned it. that haven't we Giles doing this pod to be honest we've learned to do what little research I don't know, is possible just <laughs> tipping on that well yeah um, that balance of of knowing your stuff but also trying to yeah. learn stuff and obviously we're fans of everyone we talk to as well so we're very much in that camp but we've learned through doing, really, haven't we, I think? So. Yeah, absolutely. Have you got a wish list of people that you want to talk oh, to? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of the people that you've had, actually. Who's I on mean, your... I listened to the Keanu Reeves one the other day. Oh, man. Keanu he Reeves. was... Um, I interviewed him for John Wick 1 for Caramode and Mayo. Oh, OK. And yeah, I was yeah. really nervous about it. And he was really fun. And then that was an example, actually, of... I came out the interview of recently of interviewing him and Chad together. And it was kind of like, you can only have them together. Yeah. You know, and actually, I was when we were booking it I was like oh, I just want it to be Keanu and then in hindsight I'm really glad it was the two of them because they yeah, really yeah. There's, a, there's, there's obviously history there, there chemistry yeah. there but weirdly I came out of that and sent the audio to Ben who edits the show for me and he uh, you know we've been working on this show together for so long and and uh, I, I emailed him I went oh I'm not sure this is, a, this is any good this one this might be a bit of a duff one and then and I don't know why I thought that I don't know I think it's was there an energy in the room? Well, uh, yeah, and and it was, and I think that they really liked that it was a different line of questioning than they're yeah. used to, and they really like when we talked about the Matrix and stuff. It was like I was kind of slightly apprehensive about going there with it, but I thought I've got you both together, and that's how this relationship started, and and um, and it was brilliant, like just the way that Keanu kind of just was like Wachowski, you know, kind of like <laughs> whenever we mentioned it, it was like oh, wicked, okay, cool, but. It's kind of weird almost when you're in it, you can't be, you, you can't have an objective opinion no. about it. So yeah. then Ben was kind of, whilst he was in it, he messaged me going, you've been hard on yourself, this yeah. is kind of really good. So it's kind of weird when you come out of things going, oh, that was a bit crap, but, but he was, they were brilliant together. And that's a nice thing where you kind of, 
where you think one thing, but actually the the, the opportunity you had was better than what you initially thought. Mm. So it's great to have them together. Yeah. Well, actually, since I listened to that, I've been listening non-stop to Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> <laughs> Just because, you know... When you That's a healthy kids. thing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I think we need them more than ever. Yeah, totally. Really Definitely. Come back and do some gigs or something. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah. Can I let my six-year-old listen to Rage Against the Machine? I had it on the other day, and uh, can you the name came Yeah. <laughs> and my uh, ten-year-old came in, Sunny, and was like, there's a lot of swear words in this. <laughs> I think it's my I grew up in a kitchen like so there's a lot of swearing and I think my thing with my kids is like oh my 10 year old not my 6 year old my 10 year old seems to be 11 he knows swear words yeah and he knows that it's just you just don't use them yeah. in your vocabulary mine is so. oh, my two are the same they don't i don't ever hear them swearing we were playing scrabble yesterday on my ipad we were, we were at an appointment and we were just in the waiting room and so i, I was like do you want to play scrabble and he went yes yeah. so we got my ipad out. in fact i'll show you it and you can see the word that he put up and we were like and then i added to it and he was absolutely oh, i kind of switched off he put fuck did from he? his lines that he had and he That's was like quite a good score is it yeah it was really good <laughs> and then i had er so i put fuck her and the pain of us were in this waiting room just pissing ourselves <laughs> laughing but i was like actually that's really nice rather yeah. than going oh you yeah. can't do that yeah yeah exactly. you know it's kind of yeah, weird yeah, yeah, like yeah. you just don't don't use it good to word good word there's a time and place <laughs> context yeah, exactly. is everything yeah. <laughs> but yeah that was funny but yeah speaking of vocabulary have you ever had any moments during broadcasting where you've sort of gone blank oh god totally to tie it back into yeah, the yeah, podcast yeah. But and, and what do you sort of do in those moments to get to get through it I mean doing live radio it's kind of that's been the most radio is the most amazing training for your brain I think <laughs> yeah. and particularly when you're doing um, outside broadcast stuff because you very much have to paint pictures verbally for people of where you are and what's going on and, and things like that so that's been an amazing training of doing that and I think that thing of being able to do TV and radio kind of really complement each other yeah. around those things. But there's been so many instances and um, there's situations that can happen to you that like, will almost like erase your memory. So I remember um, I was doing a Star Wars premiere um, and prior to that, at the time I was doing um, Virgin Radio, I was doing the breakfast show on Virgin, and we'd had Adam Driver come in for this great little Jim Jarmusch film called Patterson, where he plays a bus driver. It's a great little yeah, it's film. Great film yeah. So good. And he came in and he was really quite a kind of nervous and weird, but then he was he was just really nice. And then about six months later we got the chance to have him back in. I was like, Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it was for Logan Lucky, the Stephen Sutton. Oh yeah, yeah, film. yeah. And he came in, so there was a slight familiar not familiarity be there, but it was it was easier because we you know and, but I'd been told in advance, because this was about six months before The Last Jedi came out. Okay. Like, right. you can't ask him about Star Wars. <laughs> do not mention it. Do not play a theme tune, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I was like, oh, come on, guys, I've got to be able. I can't have him, Kylo Ren sat in front of me and not ask him about Star yeah. Wars. So I was like, I don't know what I'll do. I'll use my kids. So I got Rudy and Spike to record a question each, um, just on audio. So whilst we were in a record, I was like... Oh, those little rascals. I, know. I was like, Adam, listen... <laughs> I was like, I was wondering, I know I'm not allowed to talk to you about Star Wars, but I was wondering, I've got a couple of little questions for my kids. I'll let you hear them, and then if you want to answer them on air, let me know. So he went, that's adorable, definitely, fine. So he was so sweet, and I think Spike's question was, hey, Kylo Ren, did you get to keep your outfit? (laughs) That's great. And he was like, and he, like, addressed the kids, like, hey, Spike, 
no, I didn't get to keep my outfit, but I did get to keep, and he talked about some piece of the lightsaber sort of thing. Is there a and, publicist in the other room? And oh. Literally, they, we kept them out of the studio and you could see them trying to break in. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then he, he was like, uh, thanks very much, Spike. Great, great question. You know, take care. See you soon. So then cut to six months later and I'm on the red carpet and it's pandemonium. Like, it's one of those situations where you don't know, there's like 20 cast there, filmmakers. Uh, you don't know who you're going to get when. You just need to have that stuff in the back of your head to pull out when yeah. you need it for whoever it is. Mm. Considering this is a lot of the original cast of Star Wars, who I'm like, literally, Mark Hamill is within 100 feet of me, I might pass out. And so I see Adam coming up the stairs and they were like in my ear going, Adam Driver's coming up to you now for an interview. I was like, oh, okay, wicked. So then I was like, hey, Adam. He's like, hey, how's Rudy and Spike? And that acknowledgement of him remembering my kids' names my brain just went, like it was literally, you know, that that sound of the Death Star. (laughs) (laughs) It just switched up. So I was like, I was like basically talking Ewok at him. And and he was very gracious. Yeah, it was like that. I was like, I was like, can you just give me a minute? And my mic kind of thing was like that, compose yourself, compose yourself. But it totally floored me. Yeah. Because it's like that, fuck, that's mental. Yeah. Yeah, you remember That's my so kids' nice. names? Yeah. yeah, exactly. He's one of the good guys. Yeah, yeah. He's not on the dark side. He's yeah. a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's a, key, a clue for the next yeah. film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but those moments, it's more, it's things like that that really just kind of... And then you'll just find sometimes that you uh, are in the middle of doing a, an interview and you've even got the notes in front of you and you just lose your train of thought mm. or something weirdly like I mean my producer at, at Virgin lovely Mick Meadows um, he used to joke with me about um, he's convinced that I've got like ADHD or something because he's like I don't know anyone whose brain can function on three things at once you know you're doing a live radio show but then you're on a computer doing something yeah, else and you're yeah, yeah. you know it's like there, there's something you know you've got a you've got a bit of rain man going on there sort of thing <laughs> yeah. or something which I like I love yeah, that yeah, yeah. you know I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing if I didn't but it, I think it, it might well be something like that, where it's like you're, that part of your brain's going, it's been distracted by something, and you just go, oh, shit, where was I? What were we talking? You know, it's kind of weird, and those moments happen. Mm. So you either just have to acknowledge it and just kind of go, God, I completely thought, you know, forgot where we yeah. were sort of thing there for a second, or you go, okay, well, let's talk about it and just move it on to something else. Yeah, but it's hot. It's scary when it happens. But it's weird yeah. how almost like time slows down in front of your eyes. Life flashes. Totally. <laughs> yeah, like literally a green lightsaber. Just going <laughs> <laughs> well, it's tricky when you've only got like five or well, even in that moment, you probably only had like thirty seconds or a minute. Yeah. yeah. And you think, oh shit, I've yeah. just ruined like yeah. thirty of these. And got. then just being impressed by people, which I, you know, yeah. I totally am. It's like yeah, I'm a, a bit, fan. Yeah. So you're kind of like, I'm sure that most of my interviews, a lot of my interviews at premieres are literally just me gushing at people as well because it's kind of like, because it's, because I am, I'm a fan, so I can't hide that sometimes. Yeah, well I get that when we do this. We get that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's been the worst? What, the Charles is gushing? Yeah. John Monson was quite high up there. Yeah. Yeah, I that was our first got, one. Yeah, and I fucked up the name of his book. I, we've said about this quite a few times yeah. on the. Uh, that's all right. Yeah, uh, it was, you're human. Yeah, exactly, and that's literally the point. But of the it was podcast, only because I was very well. nervous. Yeah, about it. And we leave the black moments in, don't we? Yeah. So yeah, so we didn't. 
we didn't edit it. And he was wonderful. He was very nice about it. Great. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I mean, we had David Harbour from Strange Things via Skype. We wanted to meet him, but he wasn't here for very long, so we had to do it via Skype. But yeah, I mean, people like that, you just... Yeah. It's Hopper from Stranger Things, you know. But yeah. Do you find people are invariably, and I know they're on the clock and they're sort of working, but are they mostly sort of nice? Because we found doing this, everyone's been amazing. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. And it's because it, I, I sometimes get people out of, like, which I'm sure you do anyway, you know, kind of out of the that promotional thing yeah. as well. Mm. And I kind of prefer that. Yeah. Because you get them, you get them out of that mode. Yeah. Yeah. So I much prefer, like, I remember um, um, Old Parker, who directed the last Mamma Mia film, who. He's a, he's he's a mate really, and and he was like, "I'll oh, just come round to yours and we'll do it." And we just sat at my kitchen table, oh, yeah. and it was slightly it's slightly yeah. weird when you know someone, but then it was just really relaxed and stuff. And I and I know that even if even because I know him, if we'd done it in a junket type environment, it would have been, mm. or or a kind of promotional kind of window, it would have been so different. Yeah, just because their kind of brains are in that mode. Yeah, I have this thing as well, Greg, because I watch I watch loads of stuff with interviews, and you can hear where. Uh, mostly, mostly cast rather than creatives. They'll have a line for things. So they've done like they've sat down with a publicist and they've gone through potential questions and they'll yeah. go. So this is the this is the answer for that sort of thing. Mm. So you can hear what the answer is. And if I ever hear them do that, I'll kind of push them on it. So I'll kind of make them expand on it. <laughs> so if it's a line that I've heard them say before. It's like. I'll, I'll kind of try and find a way of trying to get them to say more or because yeah. it's kind of like oh don't give me the lie yeah it's like it's just on. rehearsed isn't it you know? it's like that I don't and know if you see, yeah well, it's like a footballer doing yeah. a football, post-match interview do you see the Lady Gaga thing where she got kind of ripped about it but then she was really funny about it when she was said about when she was gushing about Bradley Cooper but she'd obviously come up with a kind of a line about if there was a hundred people in a room sort of thing it's like when you're that specific about something it's yeah. like people are going to pick you up on it yeah exactly yeah yeah <laughs> it's Gaga she's allowed yeah, yeah, yeah she's yeah. allowed yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. very true yeah. very true uh, I, don't know, I think we all just want um, honesty sometimes yeah. with interviews and stuff and like you say you know when you're getting someone who's doing a line but and I think that's, when you get that connection it's just so nice but I think that is the nice thing about podcasts um that you can have that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, we've been really lucky. Obviously, we don't, we aren't getting people who are promoting a particular thing at the yeah, time. That's so great. we can yeah. just, um, we can get them off the record a little bit more. Which, but I think is great about podcasts is you can even with what you're doing. You know, you can get people from a different angle. Yeah. So you, they're not just spinning the, yeah. the promotional lines. Yeah. And you get to know them a bit more. You know, you get a bit more into what they're who they are as people. Yeah, because it's not that just that window of what they're doing right yeah. now. It's more about the whole kind of scope of what they've done and what they're doing yeah. sort of thing. I also find it really good when you can combine creatives. So when you can get a couple of people, and that's what we try and do with the live ones, mm. to make it a bit different from the podcast, because it's not only just me sat down with one person. But we had one recently for, we did a, a kind of Wild Rose special, which is this great little uh, film that came out uh, with Jesse Buckley in the lead. So we had Jesse and we had um, Nicole Taylor who wrote it, who'd written that BBC drama Three Girls. Oh right, yeah, yeah. That. So she wrote that, and then she um, and then um, Tom Harper, the director, and it was really nice having those three different, you know, departments yeah, <laughs> together yeah. talking about each other's work and about how the collaboration between all that. It was that's really nice as well because I think when you have 
encourage that communication mm. between them, it also kind of they drop their shoulders a bit and they, you know, they kind of go into areas that they probably wouldn't talk about otherwise. Yeah. Feel more comfortable yeah, with, yeah, with yeah. their well, colleagues and friends. Well, and like most, a lot, well, like most creative issues, they're collaborative things. Yeah. You know, and it, yeah, you, you want to find out about those, you know, those collaborations, yeah, those totally. processes. And that's what's interesting. And that's why, you know, you, what, you, what you're doing on the podcast is going great. Well, I think it's sometimes as well that you don't... I like the idea that sometimes we flag up those areas that don't really get talked about. Yeah. Like, I mean, the fact that we're talking about music and film is an area that I think is really underrepresented in terms yeah. of we take for granted the kind of power of the music and film. But yeah. we've done a couple of episodes with people like Sarah Bridge, who's a music supervisor, to kind of let people understand what her what that role is within the film world and it got an amazing response from people and then this guy jake jackson who's a producer and um mixer and he's worked with all done all nick cave and warren ellis's films um that they've done the score for and and that nick's written and stuff as well and that got an incredible response like wow i never knew about i didn't know that Mm. about that job and what that job did and how important it is as well so that's one of the lovely things i love about it and the fact that we're not a podcast that's coming out of a traditional broadcaster as well because yeah. if we had yeah. been our goalpost would have been really thin Yeah. but because it's just me and Ben we can decide going actually that's a great person to have because it's a world that we don't hear about rather than going oh Do we don't know who they are they, we can't have them on the show Do you think yeah. the corporation is picking up on that now though and trying to do their own I mean the, they also they're doing their own things but I think there's definitely a sense of catch up Yeah. you know in terms of Oh God! The podcast world is yeah. pretty big and interesting, creative yeah. place. Yeah, and it really is because there's so much great stuff out there. Um, and I, it's an amazing research tool. Mm. I mean, I just kind of, you know, yeah. this morning I was on my way home from the school run and just put in Werner Herzog in the search engine. It's like that. Hello, twelve podcast yeah. episodes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's that. You know, it's taken yeah. me hours to try and get that kind of it's brilliant do you think it is sort of changing the, the future of broadcasting a bit there's more so. sort of long form discussion stuff rather than I think people you know, are more traditional kind of way I think, I think it's well, listen I think that radio is, is the, the one medium out of like you know TV and radio and that kind of thing that hasn't changed as much as like TV has and hasn't kind of um, sort of dived as much with streaming and all that kind of thing I think that radio's maintained this connection with people um more so than any other medium and i think that podcasts is kind of coming up to that and it's becoming a regular thing for people like i mean i still have to explain to my mum and dad sometimes what a podcast <laughs> yeah, is yeah, it's yeah. kind of like how do i get it and it's yeah. like what is it i'm like oh okay for the 10th time and then they'll surprise me and she'll, she'll go oh i listen to your wild yeah. rose special it's like oh wicked okay you've got you got it now yeah. Yeah. no no how do i get it again it's like, okay. <laughs> but i think that um you know people kind of in the same way that, that that radio is like a companion thing podcast is even more so than that so with radio if it's music-based radio it's on in the background yeah there are only moments that you listen to the radio that you really engage with it. Mm-hmm. Um, with podcast, it's it's a much more intense connection, and I think that that's a thing that people are starting to kind of click on to going, wow, I can really talk to people. Yeah, I can really connect with people on certain things because they've chosen this yeah, podcast exactly. out of thousands. Yeah, exactly. Specifically, and yeah. especially very niche podcasts. 
yeah, and it I th- really feeds into what people want. And that's kind of, I think, for... I mean, I'm sure you feel the same in terms of you feel then quite protective about it. You know, in terms of we we deliberately didn't, like, kind of have any ads or anything on for the first year. Because I was like, oh, no, people think we're just selling out if we have mm. ads and stuff on it. And then it was like, well, actually, if we want to continue it we're going to have to yeah well, that was so happens. but then still we're we'd really, add straight away but then <laughs> but with that we're <laughs> we're both unemployed we need to put ads on it. <laughs> but that's that thing it's like i do all the other stuff yeah. to fund this yeah. you know yeah. and so it's like uh we can still be you can still be quite specific about what you're allowed to kind of be associated with the yeah, podcast course, and stuff yeah, yeah. like we got this request from the states to be uh, do you want to be sponsored in the States by um, um, male erectile dysfunctional um, medication and all that? Like no, Pelé. you're all right, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Pelé route. What was the number for that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, Charles. Yeah, we'll take anything. Maybe for a care. specific episode it might work, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who could we have one that that would work for? My God, they'd be Ooh. so offended. Wouldn't yeah. <laughs> this week's episode is sponsored by... Yeah. And our guest. Oh, <laughs> oh, man, that'd be awkward. It would be awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Edith, this has been brilliant. We could chat for hours. Um, but we normally wrap up the podcast by asking just our guests for just their advice on blank moments to anyone yeah. that's listening. And obviously it's quite interpretive. Um, blank moments are all right. Yeah. Do you know what? It's kind of, don't be, um, don't be kind of um, terrified by them, I think. Because um, we all have them mm. in whatever situation it may be. In a, in a solo situation, you know, when you're on your own, where you just kind of go, I don't know, you know, in your own head. Or whether it's in an, uh, a situation in front of a lot of people like me with Adam Driver going, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> um, it's, it's just acknowledge them, I think, mm-hmm. is the thing that I would say. Um, whether that's to yourself or whether that's to the person that you're with going, can you just give me a minute? Or... Um, I'm really sorry, I just totally lost my train of thought or whatever that is. Um, I think that it's it's all right to have them and acknowledge them and just kind of accept them, really, um, and have a laugh with it. Yeah. I like really. that. Black yeah. moments are all right. That's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. spot on. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, Edith Bowman, yeah. thanks, thanks so for being much. on the podcast. Thanks for having me no, and for you. a lovely cup of tea. Was it all right? <laughs> it was great. Okay, good. And it was sugar, it wasn't salt. <laughs> <laughs> Thank I thought you were going to say at the end it was salt <laughs> after all that <laughs> and keep doing what you're doing oh thank, thank you. you cheers thank, thank you, you very much so that was Edith Bowman on uh, the Blank Podcast. Brilliant. What a guest. Another person we could have spoken to for hours. Yeah, we could have kept going. And I always feel really guilty <laughs> of being like, guys, I'm sort of watching the clock. As I know, going. I know. I think we're keeping her from like, other important meetings she's got. But yeah, yeah exactly. she had to leave in the end. But, you know, thank you so much for Edith for coming down. And yeah, it was just so nice to t- talk to her and, you know, talk to her about podcasts. We yeah. This is a podcast and she does a brilliant podcast. And nice to talk about podcasts with someone. I like I like the, I, I like that she kept going back to that she's a fan, you know, of a lot of the people she interviews and for her own pod and for during her career as a broadcaster and I like that that element because 
we're all fans of stuff we listen to, but knowing that the interviewer is as well gives yeah. that extra con- connection. Yeah, absolutely. I think it makes it more authentic. And uh, not only is she a brilliant broadcaster and interviewer, but also being a fan as well of stuff, I think, gives it that that next level. So that was interesting to find that yeah, out. Yeah, absolutely. And um, obviously, we're big fans of her, so it's nice to have her come down and talk to us. Yeah, brilliant. And speaking of fans, in a way, um, we've had lots of comments on Twitter. Well, we get them every day, pretty much, don't we? Yeah, it's been great. Um, we've had one about um, our Steve Parrish interview. Oh, okay, um, yeah. From Meta Content, at Meta Content, Alex. He said, I, I love the bit about being happy being all anyone could hope for and especially about the collecting people rather than hiring them so much of what he said resonated with me personally so thanks again so that's a really lovely message thank you alex for that message and yeah. thanks steve for coming on that was that yeah was it was a episode. great podcast yeah it was no, i know lots of palestinians have messaged me about that pod saying how much they enjoyed it and yeah um, and it's been they great, learned yeah. a lot about steve absolutely yeah and it, it was a yeah it was a really good really good one um, so if you want to send us a message on Twitter our handle is at BlankPod uh, and you can also find us on Instagram and Facebook where our handle is also at BlankPod <laughs> keep things easy um, and we've got an email address if you want to send us something a bit longer which is theblankpodcast2018 at gmail.com nicely done have to think about that <laughs> still got there yeah. um, and that's it for this week's podcast thanks Edith for joining us and we'll be back next week with another guest so it just leaves me to say have a great week Giles and you Jim Thanks, mate. And to all our listeners, the same. And we'll see you again next week. Goodbye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.